Zootopia, a gleaming city where animals of all breeds, predator and prey alike, live together in peace and harmony. Hi, I'm Judy, your new neighbor. Yeah, well, we're loud. Don't expect us to apologize for it. ZPD's first rabbit officer, Judy Hops. Ready to make the world a better place? Bad news in this city gripped by fear. What can you tell us about the animals that went savage? Are we safe? This is priority one. Hops. Parking duty. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, I'm not just some token bunny. You strike out, you resign. But I did watch this movie a lot uh, with, I think, my niece or my nephews were really into it. Mm -hmm. And I was always bored. So I don't think I ever watched from top to bottom. (laughs) From top to bottom. So it was, I was really surprised. <laughs> act one is the top, act two is the switch, and act three is always the bottom. That's how a movie. <laughs> act three is the motherfuckers. Open up that hole. Hey everyone, welcome back to Probably Should Have Known Better, a podcast that always respects the police and always <laughs> <laughs> celebrates comedy that is aged very poorly. My name is Tony Chinocchio. Uh, in the world of Zootopia, I would be like a porcupine because uh, no. I'm a little, I'm a little prickly. Uh, and then my co-host uh, is my dear friend, and she would be like an echidna, but like porcupine passing. Uh, and it's Nadia Vasquez. <laughs> I have to look up what an echidna looks like. It kind of looks like a porcupine. It's like a porcupine in Australia. Oh, oh, it's cute. No, yeah, I think, is there an animal with curly hair? Animal with <laughs> curly hair. That's true, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Well, the por- the echidna is like you, it's like Liberty Spikes era, Nadia. Yeah, 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 that was me at 14, just massively depressed, and no one was getting me help. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> I think I would be, let's see, I'm, I'm Googling here. Uh, there's a, a guinea pig with curly hair. Oh, there's a goose with curly hair. I feel like I have goose energy. <laughs> like I could be That's really true. mean. Right. You can, you can, you can make some noise when you need to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, you just kind of shit on people's lawns all the time. Yeah. Just leave <laughs> me alone. Let me float around on the water. Okay, please. <laughs> so folks, you know. Since the beginning of art, uh, art has always tackled some of the tougher topics uh, in human society. It's tackled oppression and misery and greed and death and sex and suffering. And and art has many times taken on the the tough uh, topic of racism, particularly in America, where... um, you know, racism has has been built into our country since since day one, since before we were a country. Um, and out of all the movies ever made about racism, we've decided to watch the one that definitely makes the most sense. Uh, and that is <laughs> Tony's lying. 
<laughs> and that is an animated film by Walt Disney Studios that came out in 2016 called Zootopia, uh, for which seven people are credited with writing the story. Oh, that's not a surprise. <laughs> and and I think we've talked about this before, Nadia. Once you get over two, yeah. you're in trouble. Two, yeah. uh, two credited writers is kind of where you want to max out. Unless you're the Lonely Island. But we all know sure. that there's three guys, but they have one title. And I think that's one, smart. Yeah. Yes. But when you're when it's in a list, oh, Lord. <laughs> we got a problem. Uh, this, this movie also features voice acting from Jennifer Goodwin, Jason Bateman, Idris Elba, Jenny Slate, and Shakira. And... Uh, let all, let all, let all. Uh, Shakira, who plays a gazelle with, like, you know, an ass she shakes around. Uh, and, mm. uh, the, so I just, I really thought, like, we would go into this movie, like, talking about, like, kind of one big thing that's problematic, and I have a list of, like, 12 things. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> I want to first preface this by saying we are going to touch on furries. It's just oh, yeah. it's no, we're happen. definitely getting there. No, it's in the outline. Like we're gonna get there. <laughs> it's we're getting there, and I I don't want to kink shame or no. just shame in general because that's not what I'm about. But my question is, why did this get made? <laughs> like I don't. Mm, I, there are many themes that fall into oh, this. Oh, there are themes. There are themes, but there's not just one overarching theme. It's also not funny in a lot of ways <laughs> saying that it's a comedy is just being very generous well i mean it's clearly it was sold as a comedy i think we'll say that right like yeah it's it marketed as a comedy um a lot of it is animal puns i mean and it it was for children maybe but also maybe it wasn't i don't think it was uh, man because this is kind of scary it so, was a little yeah. i was getting nervous I guess, do you want to take a swing at summarizing the plot? Yeah, yeah. And you're going to have to remind me of everyone's name because I... Yeah, no problem. I didn't care enough to learn it. So there is this bunny who Yeah, that's wants... uh, Judy Hopps. That's the Jennifer Goodwin character. Judy Hopps. So Judy Hopps really, really wants to be a cop because... <laughs> <laughs> so, and... so right away... <laughs> ACAB stands for All Cops Are Bunnies in this movie. <laughs> Just kidding. There's no, because there's never been a bunny cop. So in right. the world of Zootopia, there thousands of years in the future from now, I guess. I don't know. And there are predators and prey, and they live amongst each other. The people with sharp teeth are hanging around with little tiny ones that are they usually ate in the wild but now they're living kind of human lives they have phones and cars clothes, clothes. yes we will touch on that uh and jobs and one of the jobs that uh judy wants to have is to be a cop but because she's a tiny bunny they don't take her seriously most of the cops are gi big giant things like uh bison or uh yeah. feral cats of some kind <laughs> and so uh, what ends up happening is she makes it through the police academy and she becomes a cop. But because she's super tiny, nobody really believes in her and they give her the job as a meter maid. But as her time in a me as a meter maid, she finds there's a lot of stuff going on and people are going people. I'm sorry, not people. Animals. No people in this movie. Yeah. 
predators are going missing. And she and this wily fox, played by Jason Bateman, who's kind of like this hustler guy, go through mm-hmm. a lot to solve a crime together, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's fine, but, uh, you know, what we really want to emphasize is this is all a metaphor for racism. Yes. Uh, and, and not a subtle one, but a no. very confusing one. Yes, there are... T- <laughs> people say about the fox that he's very articulate. Yes. Which... Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, they also, you know... They there's a lot of stereotyping going on. There's a lot of uh, hate crimes that we see yeah. in in the dark. Very interesting choice. Yeah. All of this and and, and it, like so the idea here is like you know Nadia talked about the divide between predators and prey, and predators are clearly in this movie victims of discrimination. They are ten percent of the population. They are a minority in the city, and they are like. <laughs> basically segregated out of other parts of the city like like nick the fox is denied service at an ice cream parlor because he's a fox like yes it's it's for elephants only and and like jesus and (laughs) and so you're like okay so predators are and it like i'm sorry to say this out loud but i have to because you have to trace my thought process in my head i'm like so predators are black people is that where they're going with that and that's like okay i can kind of understand context for that because that's like that reflects kind of the language that we've used in our politics in the past to talk about things like urban crime and um the mass incarceration crisis and things like that but in zootopia it's like oh yeah the reason we discriminate against predators is because back in the day they used to be mass murderers and kill and eat all of us like wait wait okay so they're not wait so (laughs) then that would make them white yeah i'm like so are they are they are they white europeans like is it (laughs) yeah it's not super clear i think the the weird um microaggressions that you hear it like it's usually pointed towards people of color right but i but the people of color especially in america are becoming the majority so it's like i don't know what you're really trying to say so it so like you mentioned like it's not clear joke where there's a joke where judy says to nick wow you're so articulate which is a reference to a thing that a white senator said about barack obama in like 2008 the name of that white senator Joe Biden, uh, <laughs> and so, and, and yeah, so like like there's these like references to all of like these weird like political buzzwords, and I mean just to jump to the end, the the big reveal is that like one the the mayor has basically been manipulating um, popular sentiment in the city to make people afraid of predators. She's been trying to divide city using fear of a minority uh, right. like the, obviously this is meant to be some kind of st- in 2016 movie came out in 2016 so yeah. <laughs> meant to be some kind of statement and the message of the film as articulated by the original song by shakira uh, appears to be <laughs> just get out and try don't be afraid to fail and that message appears to be directed at police officers <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. So the the movie basically is touching on prejudice as a Yes. As a, a let's like zoom out a little bit. I would say the window, the umbrella, if you will, is about prejudice, but the song is about going for your dreams. It's about <laughs> it's about don't be don't be afraid to don't be afraid to, you know, try uh try everything. Yeah, I think, you know, if we take a big swing, it might mean try everything and it doesn't matter if you're blank. Which right. okay, like sure. If, that's if a we're stretch being though. Very charitable. Very charitable. Yes. Yes. So those are the two uh overarching ideas where I was like, what does one have to do with the other? Like you really got to try really hard to make it happen. Fucking height of the George Floyd protests. Like oh, no. in Chicago, like the bridges are lifted. Like people are trapped downtown. The cops are kettling them in. They're getting ready with tear gas. They're like, these people are scum. We should have the right to do whatever we want. We're the thin blue line between chaos and order. And this cop is like looking at these protesters. And he looks down at his like rubber bullet gun. And then you just hear in the background uh, 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 try everything uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and then kendall jenner shows up with a pepsi yeah. it's like <laughs> what happened just okay so now you guys might be saying to yourselves wow that sounds like a mess but don't worry i'm gonna save it because every animal in this movie is fucking sexy as hell yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it is about prejudice, and it is about trying new things and going for your dreams, but it's also about fucking, because everybody Guys, in this movie is hot. <laughs> so many people want to fuck the bunny. I know, it's and, so sad. And when I say so many I don't mean so many people in the movie. Nobody wants to fuck the bunny. Nobody wants to fuck in the movie. No, there's Nobody no... says that. There's no romantic interest in the right. movie. We have to be very right. clear about this because I don't think a lot of people on the internet are clear about this. The the fox and the bunny do not fuck. They're pals. They're pals. Yes. Now, so when I say everyone wants to fuck the bunny, I don't mean characters in the film. I mean people you work with. <laughs> like, I mean people you <laughs> you pass on the street. You Your IT department train. wants to fuck the this pe- bunny. <laughs> people... That you had lunch with in the past three months want to fuck the bunny from Zootopia. Like, Ugh. and this the fox. Is, of all, and the fox. And the fox. Of all the Disney movies uh, ever made, this one I would say has probably inspired the most pornography, just in terms mm-hmm. of. Just in terms of the. Uh, number of unique subreddits dedicated to Rule 34 content for this film. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so, yeah, it's... And the, it's... Fox, the Fox character design is, like, kind of, like, there is kind of some throwback to um, the 1972 Robin Hood in there. Yes. Too, right? Which is also an animal that everyone wants to fuck for some reason. Also not a horny film. Also not a horny film. <laughs> No, and that you know that one's message is very clear, which is rich people are terrible. This one took rich people a, are terrible. This one took a, a a large turn and said cops are good, so that's fun. Starts with cops are good and gets worse from there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just you know this movie made over a billion dollars at the box office. It was, are you serious? Uh, oh my God. Yes. It was um, one of, I think four movies by Disney studios that made over a billion dollars that year. 
Um, and uh, uh, Moana also came out this year and is a significantly better film. So uh, <laughs> watch, watch watch that instead. And you're like, but doesn't that one have The Rock rapping like Lin-Manuel Miranda? Yes, but it's a very short part of the film, so it's fine. <laughs> you can fast forward right through that. You can fast forward. It's fine. Um, I, You know, it, and this is 2016. And the thing is, like, white people realized that things were bad by, like, 2014. I think like that's yes. obviously everyone else, everyone else figured it out way before that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, but <laughs> white people figured out, Oh, things are, things are very bad. Like there's still like a lot of racism and like the bad kind of racism, not micro, not just microaggressions, but like people dying. Um, mm-hmm. They were two years into that. And then this movie uh, came out. <laughs> And changed and everything, appear- and everything is fine. <laughs> yeah, it does not appear to have fixed things. Um, no. But I guess I'm interested in hearing more about uh, 2016, Nadia. Well, here's the thing. I talked about 2016 in our Joe Rogan episode for his stand-up <laughs> special, Triggered. So if you want to know about what was going on at that time, feel free to go check it out. That's a great episode also. Um, I wanted to talk about something else. I wanted okay. to talk about the furries. Okay, sure. And I figured, th- figured this would come up. <laughs> yes. I want to talk about furries because furries were really impacted. That's all I'm going to say because you're going to talk about a lot more later, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, you're going to talk about that. But furries were very impacted by this movie. And so I thought, okay, I don't know much about furries except jokes about it online and on you know videos and stuff and i don't think i've given it a fair shot as far as like understanding where this all comes from so i just decided to do a little bit of a historical deep dive on kind of where it all came from and i had to do research on this in incognito mode because yeah of course i was really scared because i don't you know preconceived notions so I have found some definitions. Wikipedia is ultimately where I went to, but there are websites that you can go to that are dedicated to the history of uh, furries. One including Dog Press. What is it called? Hold on. I want to make sure I get this right because I don't want to piss off the furry fandom. You know what I mean? I'll I'll get to it. But uh, the furry fandom has its roots in underground comics from the 1970s. So in the sure. 1970s, comics were really big just in general. Every kid at the time was reading comic books, but there was an underground kind of like a zine version of comics uh, that were explicit and violent. Well, and yeah, this is sh- like our uh, crumb stuff and like Fritz the Cat and stuff like that, right? Yes, totally, totally. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that wasn't obviously mass. It wasn't a mass produced and it wasn't put on every shelf. You had to really look for it. And so the, in 1976, there was a pair of cartoonists who created an amateur press association called Vuti with a V, which was dedicated to animal focused art. And a lot mm-hmm. of them did include adult themes. So there was one called Omaha the Cat Dancer. And that did contain explicit sex. I didn't want to look up what that was. Uh, But they grew a a following over the next several years. And they started to meet in person at sci-fi and comic conventions. And um, (laughs) 
there is a furry fandom historian. His name is Fred Patton, and he is putting to, he put together a, a bunch of different things. So feel free to check him out. But the concept of a furry originated from a science fiction convention once everyone had already started to meet up in 1980. And there was okay. a character drawn in Steve Galacki's Albedo Anthropomorphics, which had a character that was drawn as a cat. Mm-hmm. And people were like, great. <laughs> this is wonderful. And so, and Robin Hood was also cited as an ex- as one of the early examples of people wanting to look like or become mm-hmm. an animal. Yeah. So in the 1980s, they started to, the fans, the furry fans, the furry fandom, I'm going to call it, they started mm-hmm. to publish zines and started groups in schools and eventually started to get social gatherings big enough that they could make full-on furry conventions. And the first one was right. called conference zero and the fur is f-u-r it's amazing okay. and That's it pretty was clever yeah yeah and it was held in uh california on january 21st of 1989 so this has been around for a while uh mm-hmm. but the idea there's of still an first... annual um there's an annual convention in rosemont up here in illinois they still do uh furry convention every year. midwest fur fest exactly yes it, <laughs> it's the largest convention yet uh, they had 11,000 people show up uh, as of t- 2019. There hasn't been an updated uh, number there. <laughs> well, pandemic and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So fursuits are a big part of the furry fandom, the community. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the furry lifestyle. And they range from designs that are like really simple, kind of like um, sports mascots and then there's really more intricate ones that have jaw mechanisms that move so it looks like you're talking animatronic Mm -hmm. parts like a like a a wagging tail uh there's also people who'd put on straight up prosthetics on their face and they can range from anywhere to five hundred dollars to over ten thousand dollars depending on like where you sit in like the capitalist hierarchy and (laughs) um it's it's very interesting because um, a lot of the time people think furries are just about sex because that's supposedly just right. like a kink, but that's not necessarily true. There are sexual aspects to the furry fandom. Like a lot of them uh, take part in erotic art, as we have yeah. seen, which is called Yif. Right. Uh, which was created by... Uh, by a user in a role play on a role play website who was role playing as like a dog and people just like liked that. And so they I'm I'm giggling because it's just like I, I've never been in this corner of the Internet. So like all of this is mm-hmm. new to me and I'm not judging. It's just funny. <laughs> um, But yeah, so YIF is sometimes the thing that people focus on. But for the most part, a lot of people actually identify as an animal. They feel like they are not 100% human. And so for them to express this animalistic part of them, they create a fursona. And a lot of them mm-hmm. can't afford the fursuit, but they, you know, wear cat ears or a tail or they, you know, just kind of use behavior to become their fursona. And a lot of people feel more like they identify more as the fursona than who they are in real life. Well, and I think I think the idea here, right, is like people that 
uh, at its best, people who feel out of place, right, in yes. the world, yes. find a community with other people, and they develop kind of this alter alter ego in a sense, but this this um, other person that they other animal person that they then invest in and dress up as and and get to interact as and kind of find a better sense of belonging that way. And you know, I got nothing nothing against people trying to find a sense of belonging or even developing an elaborate costume to do it. I mean, when I think about yes. how much I uh, spend on Magic the Gathering cards, I'm not in a position to judge uh, literally anyone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I it is, it is a, a thing that I think puts people off right away just because I think people assume that it's automatically a sexual thing. Yeah. It's, re- it's a real easy punchline. Um, and yeah, it's just, a it's a very unfamiliar, uh, strange world if you, uh, don't know anything about it. Yeah. And I would never use the term like normal or uh, to describe anyone who isn't a furry because for them it feels very normal. So the idea of normal right. is just, it's just a way of life and a lifestyle. The, the thing that does kind of raise some red flags is that there are, there was a study in 2008 that found that 17% of the furries who were, uh, surveyed do identify as zoophiles, which are people who want to fuck animals. Okay, and there so is, then things uh, get yeah, little, little yeah, more complicated. Th- then it gets a little dark. And there is um, there in that survey they found that one percent of the furries that they surveyed also had plushophilia, which was a sexual attraction to stuffed animals and plushies. Okay, well, I feel like that. You know, you're not hurting anyone there yeah that uh, one is fine <laughs> yeah there there are a couple more things that i wanted to share i know i'm going oh, kind of long-winded with this but i'm just no, so fascinated by this people people need to know people need i'm to know. so fascinated by this so in 2016 there was a publication that uh collected several peer reviewed and self-published studies and they found that the average adult furry is between the ages of 23 and 27 and okay. Uh, a lot of them, 75% reported being 25 ages, years of age or younger, and 88% of adult furries were under 30. So okay. I think maybe after 30, you know, I don't know what happens. Yeah, I mean, you've said, <laughs> once you have a mortgage, like, you can't really... <laughs> can't get a fursuit. It's expensive. Can't really spend as much on the suit, yeah. Yeah, and uh. 78% to 85% identify as male, and the remaining identify as female, um, obviously that is going to have to be adjusted with pe- when people, you know, figure out their gender journey, et cetera. Right. But for the most part, about 90% of furry self-identify as white and there's a very small minority, uh, in it. And I don't know why, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> No offense, y'all. <laughs> so the, you know, again, we don't. Again, we don't want to judge here. Like this is, uh, this is going to be important to the marketing of this film. Yes, as you guys will learn. Disney, Disney knows all this and knew it before they released the <laughs> film. Um, but the conclusion that you really should draw with this is becoming a furry is one of the whitest activities <laughs> imaginable. It's so Caucasian. It's either, <laughs> it's either this or playing polo. Like that's yes. basically yes or golf. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the most popular persona species include wolves, foxes, dogs, large felines, yes. and dragons. I've never seen a dragon furry, but I would love to. I'm too scared to Google yeah, I mean, it. That's, but ultimately, that seems like, like that you would said, require a lot of investment. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, dragons are big. So <laughs> the <laughs> the conclusion that you made earlier is, yes, the the whole idea of it is wanting to belong. And right. compared with, mem- uh, with members of other fandoms like anime or fantasy sport, furries are significant more likely to identify with other members within the community. So there's less infighting and less like weird beef between everyone. Everyone just mm-hmm. wants everyone to be together and they actually asked furries at a convention like how do you feel like furries are in society in the world and they self-identify as having more global awareness and also they think that they are more environmentally sustainable compared to other fandoms and communities okay i do want to see their work on that (laughs) but (laughs) it's but truly amazing but furries good for you good for you good for you you. yeah 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 go check Uh, out um dog patch press that's what i looked up yeah very helpful uh, dog patch press and then um also uh, just google uh, judy hops rule 34 that should be good oh no uh for your google search i found out what that meant when my boyfriend was like (laughs) don't look up rule 34 pikachu and i was like why and then i did and i was like no if you tell me something not to do something i will do it okay well okay to a certain extent that's on you yes Uh, but but, uh to talk about the the movie um so uh, i don't even god i don't even know how deep to go on this because it's like it begins with like judy hops young judy hops when it's not okay to be horny for her young judy hops at oh god. school oh god. play um explaining how thousands of years ago predators could not control themselves and again predators are people in this world right they're mm-hmm. a minority of people representing 10 percent of the population <laughs> and everyone's scared of them it's like yeah long ago they couldn't control themselves that's why we're scared of them um <clears throat> So, anyways, we learn very quickly about, um, like, what Zootopia is. It's a big city at the center of the world where all the animals, predator and prey, live together. Uh, and anyone can be anything. Um, and Judy says, as a young child, I am going to make the world better. I am going to be a police officer. And again, just uh, like, wah, watching wah. it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone everyone who is really anti-cop but pro-bunny lost their boner immediately. <laughs> I'm sorry, furries on the mind. <laughs> but the, you know, we, we cut ahead like 15 years. She's leaving her carrot farm home, leaving her 275 brothers and sisters. Um, <laughs> That's funny. And... That is funny. Like, there's a couple animal puns here that are funny. Um, And then there are a couple, like, in-joke Disney references where I'm like, now you're just showing off. And then there's a Breaking... There's a Breaking Bad reference, um, which I feel was a missed opportunity to have Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul. uh, Wait, what was the Breaking Breaking Bad reference? We'll get there. We'll get there later. Okay. Um, So, uh, in any event, so she um, basically goes to the police academy right away. Yeah, and she does pretty poorly because she's tiny. <laughs> yes, 
She can't... There's all sorts of different... Basically, every different, like, biome is available in Zootopia, so you have to be able to be a cop on the tundra, be a cop in the savannah, be a cop in the desert, be a cop in the rainforest, you know, all of that. Um... And, you know, there's a whole montage uh, where they're like, yeah, you got to be you got to be ready for anything. It's OK if you use rubber bullets because you can still blind people with those, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And but she, you know, she perseveres. She makes it through uh, again. Shakira's try everything is playing in these early scenes. Um, and she goes to her uh, first day on the job uh at the zootopia or no um she goes to her should we talk about her shitty apartment briefly first (laughs) yeah she has a tiny apartment with a tiny bed uh and neighbors that are just fighting right across and but also they can hear everything that she's doing even when she's being quiet uh but but yeah it is very much like oh i'm out on my own and i can only afford this really shitty apartment and i was just like yeah i understand this this is very girl sweet yeah young woman in the big city right Mm -hmm. she's excited she's wide-eyed maybe a little naive uh but she's excited for the first day on the job yes but nobody else is because they really don't have faith in her because she's just a bunny and the guy at the front desk calls her cute which is as we learn (laughs) as we learn it's the n-word for bunnies (laughs) (laughs) yes she says look I can call another bunny cute and they can call another, they can call me cute. But if you say it, it's a little, and the like big bobcat cheetah guy at the front desk is like mortified because he's like, oh my God, I just defended this bunny. Right. And that's Nate Torrance is the uh, voice actor there. Um, And uh, yeah, I just am imagining like a bunny rapper and... And the parent, like, mom is like, I don't want you listening to, I don't want you listening to MC Carrots. He uses the C word a lot. (laughs) I would have said B-Rabbit. I would have said B-Rabbit, but that's literally the name of Eminem's character in 8 Mile, so it's already taken. (laughs) I did not know this. I've never seen 8 Mile. That's Oh, you'd love it. Mom's spaghetti. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so we go to our first briefing. The chief of police is a, he's like a water buffalo, right? He's like a, yeah. he's, he's voiced by Idris Elba. Oh, so um, hot. In real is, life. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Nadi would like to fuck the water buffalo. No! And, um, and uh, there, I mean, one very funny joke here where he's like, for, and it's also Idris Elba, no accent, no, um, with his normal speaking voice, his British voice, not his the wire voice. Um, yes. So he's like, first we need to acknowledge the elephant in the room. And he turns to the elephant police officer. He's like, "Happy birthday, Lucy." And that <laughs> that cracked me up. Yeah, that was cute. That was cute. And every you have to notice that every other police officer is a huge animal, elephant, en- enormous, yes. uh, water buffalo, giant cats, basically mm-hmm. anything that would be. That would have a fursuit. <laughs> right. Exactly. And the idea, the, you know, Judy sitting at her chair, which she barely fits in, this giant animal next to uh, a tiny animal apparently is a subset of furry uh, fetishism called uh, Macro Micro. Uh, so just Wait, another is that true? fun Easter egg. Yes. Wow. Just another fun Easter egg. 
uh, for all of you. Um, but I have uh, to ask so the question. She, so, are one of the yeah. writers or the director or the executive producer, like, I have to think that some, if not all of them, are part of the fandom. We're because... going we're gonna to get into this. This is coming up. This is okay. coming up later. Okay. <laughs> this research has been done. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. The short answer to all of your questions is yes. Um, yes! So... Okay, cool. <laughs> So, um, there is something weird going on in the city of Zootopia. Fourteen animals have gone missing and can't be found anywhere, and they all happen to be predators. So, various officers are being assigned these missing persons cases, and Judy gets uh, to be a meter maid. Yeah, she's so disappointed. She did all this training. She really... She wants people to believe in her as much as she believes in herself, but now she's just giving out tickets. So she's decided, if I'm going to give out tickets, I'm going to give out the most tickets anyone has ever given out. Yeah, which, you know, if we were talking about cops today, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to, actually. (laughs) I don't know what that would look like. I'd be scared. Terrible philosophy. But anyways, uh, so there's this triumphant montage of her writing 200 parking tickets before noon. Um, and then she notices one sexy looking fox mm-hmm. uh, heading into uh, an elephant ice cream shop. Yes, uh, and the elephant scoop. Uh... Oh, go ahead. Oh, so the elephants scoop up ice cream with their snout, ta- tusk. What is it called? Trunk. Trunk. <laughs> I'm not high. I don't know what's happening. My brain just stopped working. The they scoop out instead of using scoopers they use their trunk it's so gross i'm not into that it's gross and then jason bateman is turned away like again with like segregated lunch counter kind of vibes here um from the the elephants and and judy is like okay well i'm scared of foxes i carry fox repellent like mace on my belt that's a fun (laughs) joke to have for the kids movie is jokes about women having to carry mace yeah for foxes uh Uh, for foxes so imagine if they only made mace for minorities that's what they have in zootopia (laughs) yeah it's like like, but it doesn't work on white people (laughs) it's like that uh that app that that uh emits that really high-pitched sound and only people under 25 are affected by it and dogs it's like that but with something that hurts <laughs> so so uh in any event she like stands up for him because like the fox who is jason bateman you know an actor that we all love and that i'm sure hasn't done anything uh terrible at all no um, <laughs> so uh she she's like you um he tells this real sob story about how he wants to buy his son a big uh, jumbo pop um, because his son is a little baby. And even though he's a fox, he wants to grow up and be an elephant. And he's dressed in a little elephant costume. And, uh, and so so Judy, like, stands up for him. She, like, threatens the ice cream shop with a health code violation. They uh, get him. And then... Um, and then the fox is like, oh, gosh, well, I don't have my wallet. What a day. And so Judy buys him the popsicle. And uh, how's that all work out for her? Uh, he, it was a grift. He, <laughs> <laughs> he and the tiny fox. The tiny fox is not a tiny He's baby a fox. He's a grown man. Yeah. He, he yeah. is a grown man with a very deep voice. 
and uh, they melt the giant popsicle and use the the liquid to make tiny popsicles to sell to the tinier animals in the tiny animal part of town. And so they're yeah. they're pulling they were pulling a grift, and she got got by the all of that and she wants to arrest him for basically no reason and he has found every loophole in the book and is not going to be is not in trouble he didn't do anything wrong uh she gets scammed uh she gets told she can only be a dumb bunny it's a terrible first day her parents call her at the end of the day they see she's wearing her meter maid vest and they're like oh thank god she's not a real cop Yeah, she gets told that she's not a real cop so many times that she, like, really gets down on herself. And it seems this is the low point for her. But, you know, we haven't gotten to the main inciting incident at this point for whatever yeah. plot this is. <laughs> so uh, we get to the next day and she um, ends up, uh, I mean, there's a chase scene where she's chasing a weasel that... Um, <laughs> Uh, it was stealing uh, onions or what looks like moldy onions. It's actually kind of a funny chase scene because it goes through the rodent part of town <laughs> where all the buildings are tiny. <laughs> um, and uh, basically, the through a series of like coincidences, she ends up meeting the wife of one of the missing uh, animals. And... Yeah, she's an otter. Otterton, yes. last name. Uh, the Ottertons, yes. She meets Otterton and is like, I am personally going to find your husband. And the chief is like, no, you're not. But <laughs> the deputy mayor overheard her. The deputy mayor is a sheep, voiced by Jenny Slate. Um, and is like, this is great. We'll have we'll have uh, the first bunny cop and she's going to solve these missing person cases. So now she's got to actually deliver. Yes, and she pisses off the chief so much where he's just like look like i'm going i was going to fire you but at this point you have 48 hours to mm-hmm. find these missing this missing otter otherwise you have to turn in your badge and she's right. like okay it's a deal because she believes in herself yeah and what we get is a whole string of like well now we have to go here and we found this clue so now we have to go here and we found this clue for like an hour um yeah, this movie's she, pretty long. Yeah, she loops in she, Nick, the fox. She get she um, forces him to help her because she can basically um, arrest him for tax evasion for not reporting his popsicle income. Just <laughs> saying that out loud, I feel like such a fucking dumbass for watching this movie. God damn it. This was your choice. I don't know. <laughs> it was my choice. <laughs> I have a question for you. How, do, unrelated yeah. to the plot of it all, but how do you feel like um, Jason Bateman's performance, coupled with Jennifer Goodwin, how do you think that went? The dynamic. Um, I feel like they probably like recorded it separately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like... It's it sounds like to me they're in totally different movies because he's yeah. just so low energy in the way that he is. It's not lo- it's not low energy. He's just so um, dry well, and he, subtle. He, he, he's... He's playing himself, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that, and that's, he's talked about that. He's like, yeah, when I was like, I went to Disney and they're like, oh, what voice do you want me to do? And they're like, just, we don't want you to do a voice. We want you to be Jason Bateman for this character. And he's like, great. And so, you know, there's like a lot of yeah. sarcasm, a lot of dry humor and everything. But Jennifer Goodwin yeah. is putting her entire Jennifer 
gussy into it because she's, she's like putting she's putting her bussy into it and that stands for bunny pussy to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> she is and and it just to me it takes me out of the it took me out a, a few times because it was just like he i don't know but I, I i if if i was really into like fucking foxes yeah sure that works for me <laughs> She is, like, I do appreciate, and I think Disney's actually gotten away from this a little, I do appreciate that this was still, like, the last remnant of an era when Disney would not hire an A-list star to do, I mean, even yes. Moana came out the same year and they had The Rock, um, who was obviously an A-list star, but this movie, Disney was like, you will have Jennifer Goodwin and you will like it, yeah. and just <laughs> deal with it. The star yeah. of the beloved rom-com, he's just not that into you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, I get, I don't know. I mean, this was very successful, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it so, really took me out of it. I was just like, everybody's just in the, I don't know. Everyone's just in a different movie. Yeah. So it sucks. Um, so they go to the uh, naturalist club because that's their one lead on Otterton. So a bunch of naked animals. Cheech is the... Um, <laughs> Right, sure Chief is. Marin is the yeah. is the voice. No, it's actor um, it's plays... Tommy Chong. Oh, it's Chong. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, is the the super high like um, buffalo that runs the naturalist club? All the animals are naked. When you're like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's like, because in Zootopia, the animals wear clothes. They're like fully dressed. They dress like people. They walk like people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But th there was an elephant doing doing nude yoga and like spread eagle. And, and she's like, oh, yeah. my God. It's <laughs> but you don't see any like private parts. No. It's just and smooth down there. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine how disappointed the audience was. <laughs> 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 um, uh, they get a plate number, so they have to go to the DMV, and oh my god, it's time for the gag. <laughs> Turns out. Everyone who works at the DMV is a sloth, because it's a so sloth, slow. That's the slowest animal! <laughs> it is truly so funny to see a sloth use a stapler. That was pretty good. Like, yeah. Sloth wearing a shirt and tie... Oh, like fun, funny as hell. Uh, like I'm sorry, that's it's just really funny. Good. It's really good. Yeah, it's very um, cute. It's probably the most remembered part of yes. this movie. Uh, the, this yeah. very scene steely sloth has to look up this license plate, and right as he's about to type in the last letter, which was, you know, ten minutes ago, yeah. uh, Nick gives him a joke. And then he takes a thousand years to laugh at it, and his face lights up, and then he goes and turns to try to tell a joke to another sloth. The the length of time it takes for his face to light up at the joke <laughs> is, is is certainly the best sight gag in the film. Maybe the best yes. gag overall. Yes. Um, it's, what, it's part of the reason why his movie is so long. <laughs> Right, so I do like when they leave the DMV. They're like, "Finally, we got it!" And then Judy runs out the door. She's like, "Wait, it's night!" Yeah, it's nighttime. Everything's closed. But they eventually find their way to a limo company where they see that inside the limo there are scratch marks and yeah. polar bear fur. And mm. Nick is like, "Oh no, I know whose limo this is." Yeah. It's the yeah, mob. This is 
This is the mob. This is Mr. Big. I do think it's interesting that in a movie that is ostensibly about racism, it's apparently still okay to make fun of one ethnic group. (laughs) And so... (laughs) Tony, you gotta let it go. You gotta let it go, man. So... So, uh, they meet the mob boss, Mr. Big, who is like a, a vole or a gerbil or something. Yeah, it's super teeny um, tiny, and he looks just like the Godfather. He talks just like yeah. the Godfather, and Nick has wronged him in some way, sold him a rug that was made of a skunk fur. Skunk's, skunk's butt, and, yeah, uh, and so... A skunk's butt. <laughs> yeah. That's for the little, little you sold kids. Me a, you sold me a skunk butt rug. Now you're here on the day my daughter is to be married. That's what an Italian vole mob boss would sound like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're about to get iced, which is uh, thrown into an ice bath underneath the trap door, right under uh, yeah. the desk. But the the daughter comes in, and uh, it's the little vole that uh, Judy saved when she was chasing the weasel. Yeah. So she is spared. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're spared. Their life is saved. Mr. Big saves them. They get a lead on uh, the driver. So now they got to go visit the Rainforest District, the intersection of Tahunga and Vine, which is <laughs> a funny gag. Yeah, and they, <laughs> she says Tahunga. Yeah. And Jason Bateman's like, no, it's Tahunga. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, exactly. it. <laughs> I need backup at Tahunga and Vine. It's Tahunga. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good LA uh, gag. Yeah. The best best gag maybe in the entire series 30 Rock is there was a cutaway once where Liz was like, yeah, I tried to move to L.A. once. It was not good. And it cuts to her and she's in her car and it's the middle of the Rodney King riots. <laughs> and and these rioters are rocking her car, screaming justice for Rodney King. And she's like, oh, God, I don't know these freeways. And she leans out the window and asks one of the rioters, how do I get to 10? And the rioter, who is cheaty from The Good Place, the rioter yells, It's the 10! <laughs> Infinitely funnier than this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, anyways, it looks like the otter went savage in the back of the car. Yeah, um, something turned. Something turned. And so they're trying to figure out what it is. And so they're, like, banging on the door of the driver, who's a jaguar, and she's like, why do you go savage? And the Jaguar's like, animals don't go savage anymore. Maybe all predators seem savage to you. And I wrote, so what is this? Is the Jaguar black? Because uh, I don't know. I don't understand what the allegory is. I don't either. But he is about to let them in when all of a sudden we hear something behind the closed door. And it turns out that he's gone feral too. Yeah, the jaguar is going savage as well. He ch- there's a big chase scene. They get away, um, and they're like, "Okay, why are these predators starting to go savage?" Um, and hmm. then Nick was like, "I was hazed in the Boy Scouts." <laughs> yeah, this is actually super sad and like dark, in a yeah, very in a, dark, in a very sad way. Yeah, he he also had dreams. So he understands where she's coming from, where she believes that she can save the world because he wanted to be a Boy Scout. And he was the only predator in the Boy Scout troop that he was joining. And he goes to his first meeting and they end up beating him up. They they were like, oh, you think that you're going to be the only predator amongst this group of prey without us muzzling you? And he gets muzzled. It's brutal. It's so sad, and obviously he runs away, and he starts crying, and he his big speech is that he never show 
that people get to you. If they're getting to you, never show it to them because that means they win. And the second thing is if they're going to expect you to be something, you might as well be that thing. Which yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, that. That I don't know if that's actually good advice. No. <laughs> um, no. Also, is he black? Expect... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and then look, we're gonna just there are so many characters that I stopped the movie. I'm like, so are, are they black? Is that <laughs> like <laughs> and, and, okay, so anyways, they go so they have to in in fact it happens in the next scene, because like and again, we're moving through the plot of this movie very fast because neither of us care that much. And so <laughs> we, they go to City Hall <laughs> to get uh, into the traffic cameras to figure out, like, okay, where did the Jaguar go? Because he ran off after we escaped him. Um, and the assistant mayor, Jenny Slate the Sheep, is helping <laughs> them. And and Nick the Fox, like, pats her on the head. And he's like, oh, my God, it's so soft. And Judy's like, you can't just touch a sheep's wool. And I'm like, so what? Is the sheep black? What's the, going the, on? That means the prey. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get Like, you can't. It can't just be like. You can't just be like, these are things people have said about race delivered at random. That's right. not a good movie. No, 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 no. And the other thing that Jenny Slate's character would always say is, us little guys. And it's like, right. okay, well, are you now talking about little people? Like, where are we? <laughs> Ab- where are we in the in the line of prejudice? Who? Where do you where stand? Are where are we in history? So that's that's one thing. Where yes. in history are we? Right? <laughs> and then I need everyone to explain which race they are supposed to represent uh, in this movie. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we are very clearly in the 1960s in, uh, in a couple of scenes because they do end up finding where the limousine that took the Jaguar went. And it was yeah. being driven by wolves. <laughs> to like uh to like a sanitarium yeah it was like a it was definitely there was definitely some like experimenting going on and they go yeah. into this like laboratory and they find all of the missing mammals yeah and they're all savage now they're all savage and they're all predators right and they're like trying to attack her through the glass doors that they're being held behind and there's some like weird medical stuff going on, but they have no yeah. time to investigate because somebody's about to walk in, and it's none other than the mayor, who is a lion. The J.K. Simmons, the yellow Eminem, and the Whiplash guy <laughs> himself. <laughs> he walks in, and he's like, "What's going on? Like, I what am I going to tell people? There's so many more people getting missing, we st- and we oh, still no. don't have any answers for why they're going savage." Yes, and there's like a scientist involved who is like, we don't, you know, it's, I don't understand where we're going or what happens. Like, did you understand what was happening at this point? Basically, like, at this point, Judy, I think, calls it in and is like, the mayor's in on it. I found all the missing people. So the mayor gets arrested. The sheep, Jenny Slate, becomes the new mayor. Right. And Judy Hopps becomes the hero of the city because she found 14 missing mammals, right? Yes. And but the the question of how did these people go savage is not answered. And right. why the mayor was doing this in the first place is also kind of unanswered. Right. 
So there's this press conference, right, where the new mayor and Judy speak. And so Judy has to, like, answer questions about, hey, why are all of these mammals going savage? Nobody's gone savage in, in years and years and years. And why are they all predators? And Judy's basically like, you know how certain people are <laughs> doing crime? It's, like, biologically in their DNA. You know how... You know how some people are kind of born to be criminals and you can kind of tell? Like, like she yeah. basically does that. <laughs> um, yeah, and this offends uh, Nick, the fox, because he's like... Rightfully so. What? You just think this is just, like, part of our DNA? This is just something that's normal biologically? Like, this really goes to show what you're about. And unfortunately, right. this creates a series of events where now we're in like 1960s America and all of the pr- predators in society are being ostracized and, uh, you know, there's hate crimes. The city is being torn apart by civil unrest. Literally, the headline of the newspaper says growing unrest divides city. There's like hate crimes, protests, riot gear, like <laughs> it's just... Uh, like again it's 2016 this movie comes out and you're supposed to sit in the theater being like isn't it wild that these little animals also have riots in their cities <laughs> isn't it wild i uh, yeah it's very stressful and judy starts to feel more and more guilty because a she knows that it was her words that made everyone kind of act this way and they're they still haven't really gotten to the bottom of why it all happened but everyone's just kind of sweeping it under the rug and moving on to other crimes, which apparently are yeah. the hate crimes. <laughs> and, and so Judy makes what I think is actually a pretty interesting moral decision here, which is she decides to quit her job. Yeah. Yeah. She she's not make she wants to change the world and make it better. That was her ultimate goal as a child and when she started the force. But she made things way worse. So yeah. obviously this was just not the move. And so she just decides like, to go back to her carrot farm. Yes. And so the and there's an exchange here where she's talking with the chief with Idris Elba and she's like, I just I wanted to make the world better and instead I broke it. And Idris Elba says, The world has always been broken. That's why we need good cops. And I wrote, Ooh. wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was created by a cop. Yeah, what <laughs> what is what if the call had been coming from inside the house? Um, and so uh, she resigns. She moves back to the carrot farm, as Nadia said. Uh, so it is act three, motherfuckers. And uh, basically... <laughs> the bu- it's time to bottom. Button. It's time. Open your holes and let <laughs> the movie dump in you because it is... <laughs> <laughs> I never said that, but that's pretty good. <laughs> Because uh, we are going to learn that the animals uh, that went savage were actually being drugged with a uh, hallucinogenic plant. (laughs) Um, uh, And in fact, those plants were being made in a lab by a sheep wearing a hazmat suit a la Breaking Bad. And at one point, there's a knock on his door, and he's like, we got your latte, and the sheep who's making the blue drugs, like in Breaking Bad, says, oh, I gotta go, Walter and Jesse are back. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice catch, nice catch, and nice catch. Bri- Imagine Brian Cranston just being like, Jesse, Jesse, you need to fuck the rabbit cop. <laughs> Jesse, it's the only way. 
Yes. Oh, and we forgot to mention that Nick obviously was really angry at Judy for yeah. for what she had done, but she goes and convinces him that she's very sorry, which she is. Oh, yeah. And uh, he agrees to go and help her. So he's with her while they're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And we see that the, the, the plant, it gets extracted through all these tubes and ends up in this little tiny vial that gets put into a gun with like a silencer. Gun, yeah. 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 <laughs> and the sheep is about to go and basically, I don't know, shoot something or someone. Yeah some animal and uh but we don't know why still (laughs) and in in my head i'm going like what is going on the why like it's not even like a fun to be clear this is minute 85 of the film that you're talking about yeah it's like it's not like me being like ben shapiro and being like i don't understand what glass onion is about you know like that's not what i'm saying it's like what is happening at this point? You're, you're not talking about this. You're not talking about the subtext. You're talking about the actual plot of the film. Yes. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Yes. So she, um, Judy locks out all of the sheep, and uh, this like lab is taking place inside of a train, and so she decides to turn the train on and take the train down to the police station. So now we yeah. get a ch- a train chase scene big train chase then the trace takes them through the natural history museum look here's what it comes down to the sheep mayor uh she's in on it yeah um she's 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 been doing it um she wants more predators to go savage she wants people to be scared of predators because she can keep people afraid and divided she can keep being mayor uh and get more power and like on the one hand i get it like, I understand, like, the cause and effects relationship of how that works. On the other hand, feels dark Yeah. for a children's movie made the year that Donald Trump was elected president. <laughs> yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. And she does have quite big hair. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah, the, the, the justification of it all, of her wanting to be mayor, still doesn't explain why making an animal go a predator go savage would help her obviously it's it's the fear and the whole thing right that's that's ultimately what it is it i don't know it just doesn't sound like a strong argument to me but at this point the movie's almost over and i'm like okay movie's almost movie's almost over it ends with judy giving the commencement address at zootopia police academy because she's decided (laughs) to become a cop again Um, And she's like, the important thing for you all to know as police officers is real life is messy. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, Again, no, (laughs) I feel a message that perhaps should not be communicated to sworn officers who have the power to kill people. Yeah, no. Uh, So. But guess who's a cop, too? (laughs) It's old Nicky boy. He gets to be a cop because he did such a great job in cracking the case. And he wants to turn over a new leaf. The first Fox cop, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, <laughs> final gag. There's a drag racer. They catch him. It's the sloth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he takes forever to say hi. And then we cut to black. And then we get it's, a whole music montage with Shakira. 
Yeah, Shakira, who plays Gazelle, which is a play on Adele. Music sounds nothing like Adele. No. Sounds a lot like Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's hot. She has an ass that will not quit. Her hips don't lie. She, th- this this Gazelle has an ass and hips, just like the real Shakira. So, <laughs> and she has uh, backup dancers that I'm sure there are some furries uh, who were really cranking it too. Oh and yeah, so... actually, they are a reference to the furry fandom's daddy, Tony the Tiger. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so that is a perfect segue into uh, this story from March second, twenty sixteen. Katie Natopoulos at BuzzFeed. The title of the story is "Proof Disney is Actually Marketing Zootopia to Furries." <laughs> I knew it. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that I told you guys about furries because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, there's a there's a few paragraphs here uh, that are, like, explaining what furries are um, and uh, how there's an awful lot of porn of Zootopia specifically. Um, it does say here, as much as they might joke about themselves, uh, among themselves for being deviants, furries are kind of normal. Most of them just want to have a good time. And like any other underrepresented yeah. group, when a movie that seems to appeal to them coming around uh, comes around, they're excited. Um, so here's the thing is there was a marketing firm uh, contracted by Disney named Allied Integrated Media that was clearly reaching out to furry meetup groups to get them to see the film and promote it on their social media, like furry influencers. Um, oh. And so uh, here is the text of uh, this email uh, sent uh, by Allied Integrated Media to a furry meetup group called Fur Life. Hello, Fur Life. My name is Name, and I am representing Walt Disney Studios. Our next film being released is Zootopia, and it is about a world inhabited by animals all living in peace together. The pictures of the members of your group all looking like animals are incredible and align perfectly with the film. All of you could live peacefully in Zootopia. Oh my god. It would be great for you all. Yeah. It would be great for you all to share these photos on social media platforms such as Instagram and Twitter. I do like in 2016 that they have to like explain (laughs) (laughs) examples of social media platforms. You can take new photos of each other and share these new photos online using the hashtags hashtag Zootopia and hashtag ZooU. You can be representing Zootopia and the participants can receive film-based items such as the poster and rabbit or fox crowns. This can be a lot of fun and your group seems perfect to participate. If you are interested, start posting the photos today and email me at and then the email. So, like, all, all that stuff Nadia said about furries is like, Disney knew all of that well before 2016. Uh, Oh, my God. I I, Honestly, I'm disgusted because this lovely group of people who just want to find belongingness and, and like, inclusivity are are being exploited by the capitalists. And and that's the thing is I, like, I really don't want to make fun of furries because they're not a group that I have anything to judge yeah uh, they, they don't have anything that, for me to judge and you know i feel like they're a really easy lazy punchline that people use sometimes and i don't yeah. think that's appropriate right now making fun of marketing firms <laughs> oh i'm all in on that <laughs> yes fuck those guys I'm all that in is on your stupid hilarious. bullshit being like what's the correct salutation for a furry group <laughs> hi fur life 
Jeez. Yes. I hope this email finds you well. Um, anyways, several animators who worked for Disney also tweeted stuff uh, indicating that they were probably for a reason. Like, hey, if you're seeing uh, Zootopia in costume, send some uh, pics my way. The animators want to see. Oh, uh, so cute. Okay, okay, okay. So again, there's not again, there's nothing about the furry community that um, puts me off. Certainly, nothing related to this film, other than uh, that there's porn of it. But also, the thing about porn is you can not look at it, particularly if it's animated rabbit porn. Like that's very easy to avoid. <laughs> I feel. Uh, yeah, I did see <laughs> that um, there were so many theaters that were rented out by furry groups. Uh, the first oh, really? one, uh, San Francisco, was the first place that a theater was rented out they had to kind of negotiate with the management and say look we're gonna have like 145 people come so can we just rent out the entire theater we're gonna make it like a whole event and the theater was Uh like okay sure but 225 people came instead and so too many yeah the the movie theater got (laughs) really excited and they're like sure so they started just hosting watch viewing parties and a lot of a lot, you can still find a lot of the invitations on Facebook, and they all recommend that you... No, it's Fursuits Invited. So I looked it up. Okay. I was like, how many how many of these things happen? There's a Wikipedia for... It's a wiki, I mean, for furries, and they have a list mm-hmm. of every single theater that had a viewing party and if they were in their fursuits and, like, what kind of activities they did and things like that. And there was even one in Russia in a town adjacent to Moscow and wow. they were not allowed to wear their fursuits in the theater but they there was fursuiting which is a verb after the movie and there was a changing room provided by the theater which is very nice and they were allowed to go bowling but they were not allowed to be in their fursuits in the mall that the movie theater was in so this was like a global huh. thing Jeez. Yeah, and uh, because of the success of the movie, there was YIF, which is furry porn, about this. Yeah. There was a change.org petition to get people to stop making the YIF about Judy and Nick. But how are you how are you going to enforce this? <laughs> how do you like how do you even enforce like change.org? So if the petition gets a certain number of signatures, like the White House has to respond to it. It's right. Like okay, what like what is like? How did? Can you imagine? Joe, Joe Biden was gonna come out and be like, "Cut it out with the, the <laughs> bunny." Uh, at this point, it would have been Trump, and he would have been like, <laughs> "I can't even begin." I've seen the bunny. I've seen her tits. They're magnificent. <laughs> and I'd fuck the fox too. Okay. <laughs> I, would, I would fuck the fox too. I would be fine with it. He would enjoy it. He would say, "Thank you, Mr. Trump." Afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, but like a th- over a thousand people signed that. Like, truly, this triggered so many people online. But I, I gotta say, the furries are harmless. They're just trying to have a good time. They are. This is where Leave I stand. Leave the furries alone. Leave guys. the furries alone. Leave the furries alone. I think this is a an anti cop pro furry podcast. Yes, I would agree with that. Unfortunately, this this was a pro cop get as much money out of the furries as we can i know it's so sad um, so do our friends at common sense media uh have anything to say oh yeah uh, about, a lot yeah. 
There <laughs> are there are uh, a little over 200 parent reviews and over 300 kid reviews. So there was a lot to go through. I just ended up sorting through most helpful uh, from top to bottom because it's just too many reviews. And uh, there was one parent review that said that they watched it with their six and eight year olds. But this one was particularly scary for her kids. This wasn't a typical Disney movie. She said, mm-hmm. overall, it was an okay movie. I don't mind the minor swearing so much because the kids hear it in school and know not to say it. But adults and parents should try to understand that PG movies aren't necessarily for small kids, even if it's just a Disney cartoon. And even if it is a Disney cartoon, it doesn't mean it's a feel-good movie either. This is one of those. Yes. This, this is not a sweet, cute little story about bunnies and foxes. There's crime, violence, and a lot of action. It's like a big kid action movie. This movie certainly is not a classic in my opinion, but it wasn't terrible. Just know that tiny kids might not enjoy it. And I would agree with that because this is very long. <laughs> it's very long. It's close to two hours. And and there are like scary moments. Yes, I was um, getting nervous. Yeah. So, that you know, there. I'm going to say don't watch it, guys. I'm going to say... We've moved on. There are better Disney movies yes, than this one. Definitely. Uh, don't watch it. Yes. There are some kid reviews that I wanted to share. Uh, yeah. A lot of them were a little older. So there's a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old. So the 13-year-old says that this is a great movie. It really can help okay. children be themselves. This movie is also really big with young furry and fits a young demographic. Great movie. Wait. Really big with what? (laughs) Young furry. Okay. So I think they, I think there are very young furries that we don't know about. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Uh, The 14 year old says they, this is a negative one. Uh, According to the Fox, the only thing to do when you receive a snub is to turn to a life of crime. The fox became a con artist because he couldn't be a Boy Scout? I get that you'd be upset, but get over it. Move on with your life. It's not the end of the world. Talk about snowflakes. (laughs) So we got very different. Like, one is like, this is great for young furry, which I guess is the plural. And I've been saying furries. I don't know. I'm not part of the community. I don't know. And then we got people who are saying that these characters are snowflakes so you know we're we have a broad spectrum of people who like and very much dislike this movie (laughs) i i will say um i'm just trying to think of other disney animated films uh like i think about wreck it ralph and i like wreck it ralph a lot yeah um but that one the plot is incredibly convoluted on wreck it ralph yes it i think works but it's impossible for me to explain everything that happens in that movie <laughs> to another person like yes. it's too complicated and i think this movie also kind of um falls victim to that it's more complicated than it should be for a children's movie yes and both are ultimately forgettable yeah well yes <laughs> well i mean this is forgettable because i want to forget <laughs> fair enough fair enough um yeah oh, God. Or, or okay. would you well, let the meatball on the breadstick watch this movie at some point um that's a good question um probably eventually i would want to wait yeah more time i'd like i I would not watch it with them now right my oldest is four um 
Yeah. We're not at a point where we can watch this. Uh, we're, They're we're, not at a point where they could watch old. an allegory for racism. Right, exactly. Like, there, no allegories. Like, please. <laughs> Thank you. Like, the Winnie the Pooh movies, they made, like, 18 of them. You know, Tigger got his own movie. Piglet got his own movie. You know, those are fine. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Those are good because those are about, like, oh, if you eat too much honey, you'll get stuck in the hole. You'll get stuck in the hole. You'll get stuck in the hole. Let me tell you something. That scene, funniest thing Meatball's ever <laughs> seen in her life. <laughs> It is pretty good while she everyone's was... pulling and Rabbit's pushing. It's pretty cute. And Rabbit's pushing. Rabbit, like, is trying to, like, put antlers on Pooh's ass and draw a face on it so he can, like, try to make Pooh's ass look like wall art and it's just not working. <laughs> like, it's so fucking good, it's, man. It's so good. He's just trying they to make... Stopped ma- <laughs> they should have stopped making movies after, the, after that scene, man. It was so good. <laughs> It is pretty damn good. It is. It's cute that he was really trying to make the best of what he had going on. That's well, the real lesson. Does. Yeah, yeah. So rabbit does. You know, he he really tries. Yeah. So just don't watch Zootopia and watch the great the Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. The the seventy seven movie Wolfgang Ratherman directed it. I think it's just like three shorts that they stapled together, but it's really sweet. It's Lovely really cute. Movie. I've seen it a lot. The Heffalumps yeah. and Woozles song is in yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm just a little black rain cloud. Oh, it's so good. It's so uh, cute. <laughs> watch that instead. Anyway, Sorry for wasting your watch, time. <laughs> watch that instead, folks. Uh we love you. Uh please uh continue to support us on the uh ko-fi page that link is in the show notes thank you to our dear friend uh my dear personal friend leanne and our friend of the podcast leanne for kicking into the ko-fi page most recently um we are probably shoulda on facebook instagram and twitter we will see you next week bye now i know that i can't make you stay but where's your But where's your heart? But where's your... And I know there's nothing I can say To change that part To change that part To change